Hey, bassholes, what's going on? I just want to let everyone know that we're going to be doing a live I'm a Basshole with Doug Bass show at the Hollywood Improv in Los Angeles. You can grab tickets at www.bassholeshow.com. It's going to be Sunday, December 11th at 9 p.m. Again, go to bassholeshow.com to grab tickets to see us live. Here's a new episode. What? Asshole Studios in Hollywood, California. Yo, what time is it? You're listening to I'm a Basshole with Doug Bass. We've all been one. He's an asshole. So let's laugh about it. Now, here's your host, Doug Bass. Hey everyone, my name is Doug Bass. Welcome to I'm a Basshole. This is the podcast where guests come on and they tell a story about a time in their life that they were an a-hole and then we pick it apart and judge them and they redeem themselves in a humorous way. It's all in good fun. I hope everyone is having a great day today. Uh, we got a great guest on the show today. Um, our guest today is David Vox Mullen. David, are you there? David. I am here. There I'm he here. is. Thank All right. you for having me, Doug. I'm very excited to be a part of the show. With, there with he an is. intro like that, I mean, who wouldn't be? <laughs> there he is. So David, uh, just so our audience knows, David is a comedian he is a singer, a songwriter, a improviser, um, a podcaster. Um, it seems like it seems like you're doing doing it all. I'm imagining from this uh, list of uh, things that you got going on here. Don't forget a gentle lover. Oh, okay, yeah, that wasn't in your resume, but yes, that seems like an important thing that everyone would want to be a part of. I would assume. <laughs> Um, so you're from the Chicago area originally and you're, you're currently there, correct? Yeah. Very cool. Uh, yes, I am Chicago born and raised, uh, haven't left. I've been there several times. It's a great city. Um, always fun to do a comedy and, and hang out there to see all the local bars and sports teams and all that stuff. So, um, we are, this is our first time really meeting and talking, I would say, but we are we are actually kind of working together, or we are working together, I would say, um, on uh, comedian Michelle yeah. Trainer's um, divorce diaries uh, pilot and uh, and uh, um, TV show. Um, so, are you excited about this? This is pretty cool. I'm I'm, I'm finally you know thankful that I get to talk to you a little bit about this because Michelle has been such a good friend of mine over the years, yeah. and she's. Super funny, as we both know, uh, Divorce Diaries. How, how did you get involved with, um, you know, jumping on the producing uh, uh, team of, of Divorce Diaries? Well, I mean, I initially met Michelle. She reached out to me because at the time I was the uh, the booker and promoting manager at a comedy club in Chicago that she was soliciting to put her one-woman show up. And, um, you know, she gave me the pitch. I, I loved the concept. I'm a... Uh, I am not divorced, but I'm a child of divorce and it divorces all throughout my family. So like, I I know what kind of toll it takes on people. And so I just thought it was amazing that Michelle was taking 
you know, her divorce and, and spinning it into not only something positive, but something that she could literally capitalize on. Yeah. And I loved that. And so we brought her out to Chicago. She did the show. It went really well. I loved the concept. Um, and, 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 you know, and she had talked about, you know, doing it for TV and stuff like that. And, you know, I didn't think much of it, you know, it was just, you know, you know, initial business and thank you. And, you know, good luck on your endeavors. And um, then like a year later, uh, we had become friends, you know, just kind of BSing back and forth. And right. uh, she had asked me for some some input on some stuff. And I, I gave, you know, my opinion on things and um, thought she was definitely going in the right direction. And then I, I believe she was working with a different um, producer who she just felt like nothing was happening and mm-hmm. she just wanted things to happen. And, yeah. and I had produced a couple of projects, you know, myself. And I, I can appreciate... As, as any artist who is a creative, um, there's a fine line between wanting to do something and actually producing it and make it happen. Right. And I learned that was the big secret and, is just yeah. pulling the trigger and making things happen. And, that, and that's so she and takes, I talked yeah. about it. Yeah. And so she and I talked about it and uh, eventually she just kind of said, look, why don't you know, what would you be interested in producing the show? Um, and I said, sure, you know, yeah. why not? I, I had, um, my my comedy club situation had changed so i was uh my calendar i kind of opened up and i was like let's do it so um that was about what three four months ago yeah and And, uh now we've got pretty much everything ready to shoot we've got six episodes completely written um we're we're doing an investor pitch right now so if anybody's out there who's got thousands and thousands of dollars and they want to invest in it Fork, show. fork your money Definitely over to Divorce up. Diaries. It's a great, um, you know, yeah. uh, it's a yeah. live show that Michelle Trainer, comedian, does. And uh, obviously we, we shot a pilot uh, last summer, and now we are uh, developing the uh, entire series to be shot. And uh, David's a big part of that. And, um, yeah, he you are the guy that's going to make this happen, I feel like, because it's like, you know, it's it's every everyone everyone has their hands in it and everyone is, wants it to succeed and stuff. Um, but yeah, it does, it does take, you know, the, the person who's like, no, no, we're, we're pushing this through the, uh, you know, the gate here, you know? Well, Michelle is uh, to her, you she, know, she uh, is the, the queen. Lure, she is yeah. kind yeah. of all, all over the place. And so, um, which is great. It's a creative process, but she needs somebody who obviously understands that, but they can also streamline it right. so that it's and, linear and, and producing point is, a to point B. is such and a, that's what we're doing. Yeah, it's yeah, such a hard job and an important job, and you need someone kind of that's you know like creative, but not necessarily like you know acting or you know on the project or you know like really really business orientated, like to to really shepherd the thing to the finish line almost. You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I mean that's the goal is to I mean at the end of the day we want it out and we want the public to see it and we want people to enjoy it um even if they enjoy it half as much as we've enjoyed writing it right and, yeah then, then that's a win that's yeah yeah exactly so you uh yeah. so you started doing um you you were you were a singer is that correct in the band slipstream is that is that i was right right after high school i you know comedy wasn't anywhere near what i was expecting to do mm-hmm. i i was going to be a rock and roll star at least that was my dream so you sing that's and, awesome um I do. I do. Yeah. I write music. I compose. I produce that as well. I still release music. Um, anybody who follows me knows that I just released an album this year of uh, cover songs just to do it. You nice. know, and it was just a fun way to 
get stuff out. But uh, yeah, I was with the band for a little over 10, 11 years. We toured nationally and we, you know, we had a, a slight modicum of success, but as all things, you know, there's, you know, for every, uh, you know, successful recording artist, I'll show you 5 million who didn't make it, you know? Right, and no. so it yeah. was just, you know, we were, we were, we were definitely in the higher top 20% of uh, working musicians. And mm. uh, it just got to the point where we got older, got married, had kids. And it becomes like, you know, do I really want to be at a club till 3 a.m. Right, <laughs> you know, right, doing yeah, this yeah, stuff? Yeah. I don't smoke. Coming home smelling like cigarettes. It's just, oh, it was awful. Right. And so, um, yeah, it just gets to a point where it's like it weighs out. You know, we're not getting, you know, these huge, you yeah. know, asks to be, you know, uh, you know, MTV is dead. So it's like, what's the point? Yeah, you it know, comes we to a point where it's like, through. is it more of a hobby or are we going to yeah. make a career out of this? Yeah. Like, exactly. Schlepping away at it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get so that. Yeah. I, I got into comedy and, uh, and comedy became the next phase of mm-hmm. my life. And that was the last 10, 12 years that I've been doing that. And, uh, yeah, I've just been having fun. Nice. Now, do you, uh, now you started doing, um, in- improv and sketch before stand up or stand up first? I, I did improv and sketch first, um, which, you know, some say that's good. Some say that's bad. I think it's, it's only helped me. That's what I did. Um, yeah. Because now, you know, my, yeah, when I, when I do stand up, you know, whenever I have material that I think is a hit and just freaking improvise at that point right. and just, and then it becomes a whole new show. And, right. You know, exactly. I could do a one man show of improv by myself, you know? Right. And that's, the, that's the interesting thing I've always thought. Cause like, yeah, I started doing uh sketch and improv at the groundlings here in LA and then, and I, I dabbled with stand up before that and then went back to stand up, you know, after I was done with the sketch or whatever. And people are always, you know, people always ask, well, how long have you been doing comedy or, you know, stand up or, you know, and it's like, well, comedy I've been doing for forever, you know. <laughs> but then it's like, well, yeah. how about stand up? Well, stand up, maybe six years, you know, but it's comedy in general. But yeah. then they don't count that. They're like, well, that's different. And it's like, well, I think it all like kind of helps the other hand succeed almost, you know, if you don't have that background, then you're, you're going to be missing something from your act or whatever. I think. Sounds like a bunch of judgmental bass. Absolutely. Welcome to LA. Um, Um, but that's cool. So did you study at second city in Chicago? So I did not study at second city in the building. However, Mm. every single one of those instructors taught me, right. They Uh, all came out of their organization. Yeah, with I mean, as you know, I mean, they, they teach in different uh, right. facets. There's I.O., there's Second City, there's Comedy Shrine, there's uh, many different places where they were. And so every time, um, you know, they would teach, I would take their courses. And so, I mean, I was trained under all of the greats, uh, yeah. you know, Susan Messing, uh, Laura Hall, Rick Hall, um, Michael Gelman. Uh, I mean, the, uh, God, uh What's it? Tim O'Malley and Dave Rosinski and and all these guys. I mean, Dave it's Rosinski. All the same I people. actually, Dave Rosinski, I had as a teacher. Um, I took Second City out yeah. here in L.A. and he was my first improv teacher here when I moved to L.A. Yeah, uh, he was teaching yeah. at the Second yeah. City he's, L.A. He's here. insane. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but in yeah. a good way. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was like I didn't know what to expect every time I went in there, um, but he was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, what was yeah, the- in fact, I teach as well, and I, I, I definitely take elements of what I learned from him in my teaching because That's I awesome. like the way he So you teaches. do teach. Do you teach sketch, stand-up, or like what kind of? Uh, in, uh, improv, improv and stand-up. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, you you wear a lot of hats, uh, which is which is great, and what, what a good producer needs to do and a good creative needs to do, I think. I'm similar in the same way. I like to 
dabble in a little bit of everything. And, um, you know, sometimes it's great and fulfilling. And then other times I'm like, well, I should have just stuck to one thing and maybe it'd be further along on that or something, you know? So it's always like, it's I'm always satisfied with one. Thing. That's the thing. Yeah. Like if you had to pick one thing, it's like, well, I like to direct. Well, I like to write. I like to do stand up. I like to act, you know, edit film, yeah. you know, like, yeah, it's like, it makes you a well-rounded performer in person, I think. Cause if you just, if the only thing you did was the one thing and that's all you liked, then I don't know, you might be boring. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's weird because like, I, like I'll still release music. And so like, I have uh, fans of my musical career who are like, wow, you're really funny. And then I've got people who like me for comedy who are like, wow, you, you're really a good musician. And so mm -hmm. like, I have this weird dichotomy of people who can't, and there's this, there's this unspoken rule, which is garbage that you can only be one thing. And it's right. like, no, you can do you can be whatever you want. Stuff. And there's yeah. people who have done it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So of I'm course. just putting stuff out and expressing myself and we'll see what happens. That's great. Um, what, uh, what, what was the comedy club uh, that you were working for? It was in, a, was that the one in Aurora? Yeah, it was called the comedy shrine the comedy shrine. And, right. uh, yeah, they had been in business for 17 years. Um, uh, the owner had had the building uh, in, in downtown Naperville, and then a few years later, he moved to a, a two-stage, a two-theater building in Aurora. And then uh, two years ago, he moved to the Fox Valley Mall, where he got a giant three-theater building. And of course, the pandemic hit. And if, as far as I know, um, they've been shuttered since um, bef since like May. All right, of so. this year and i don't know if they're ever going to open back up again yeah um but obviously i you know af after a pandemic it was bad enough but then after this hiatus i've kind of just said okay i need to take care of me now yeah so no that makes sense i mean yeah a lot of these places have been had a lot of trouble recovering from the the pandemic yeah. obviously and you know it's still even even the clubs in the the big cities and stuff it's like they're not they're not like as full as they they would be on a normal Thursday or Friday night sometimes. Oh, you know? I was I was booking before the pandemic and then post pandemic, and it was a, a night and day difference between how um, how talent is booking mm -hmm. and how you know the competition or different comedy clubs were booking. And as a comedian myself, I'm currently you know booking in different places, and it's so different than what we were dealing with before the pandemic. Yeah, you know, some things are better, some things are worse, but yeah it's kind of like it's kind of like it's like you know the the um you can't expect the crowd to be full all the time and then there's some places that are still like you know like either they're packing them in or they're spreading people out here still you know and it's like people are still getting covid and all this yeah. shit you know so it's like you know a lot of places don't care some places do and then it's like well you know what are you gonna do yeah exactly it's all it's all it's a whole different ball i thought game. COVID was over though right isn't that isn't it done now it is done, done but like i i know like four people that got it this week and they all like you know they're like yeah right? I'm, out, I'm out for work for 10 days thank god you know and i'm like i, I guess it's still going around i'm like it's like it's it's right, gone right. but like when you do get it it's like all right yeah no work for 10 days yeah no no i believe in it it's like well, I, I successfully dodged it for two years and then mm -hmm. I finally got it like a month ago and yeah. I was like, okay, this sucks. And it, and it did suck. Believe me. Yeah. Um, but I had all the, the juice and right. And, yeah. I, I, I got it when it was first uh, brand new when, when you were afraid to tell oh. people that you had it, like, you know, they thought it was like, people <laughs> right. thought it was like AIDS. It was like, what? Whoa. You know, like it was like, you really right. were. You know, you, you chose who you dis disclosed it to, and it was like people were like, you know, like I think everyone's gonna get it at some point. It's a flu, you know. Yeah, yeah. 
So. Well, I'm glad I got it. What's funny is, uh, I, I mean, when I got it, my whole house, uh, there was no way to keep it clean. And yeah. my rest of my family, my wife, my kids, nobody got it. And I, really? I still don't understand how that happened. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. We people, all tested like, every other day. Some people might just be I immune it, to it. I was it. with it. Yeah, and some people might be immune or, or they have it and they don't test when they have it and it just passes and then they never knew that they had it, you know, so there's a lot of those people too, I think. Maybe they gave it to me. Who right, knows? yeah, who knows, who knows. Um, so David Vox Mullen, what is the Vox? What, explain the Vox, V-O-X. So uh, that is not my my birth name, obviously. No. <laughs> it, was a, it was a stage name that I uh, that I had changed legally about, well, like almost 20 years ago, mm-hmm. um, before I got married, I, I didn't want to carry my, my birth name into my marriage. So I, I kind of waited out and said, okay, well, as a performer, this my stage name used to be just Vox in right. the band. Um, you know, clever, not really, but, um, <laughs> but that was it. And so uh, when I had the name changed, I was like, well, let's just put it all together. And so David Vox Mullen became the name. And then once I started, you know, branding it so to speak and 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 performing with it and creating a quote name for myself um i, I realized i can't change it back now right, <laughs> so right. i'm just no it's catchy it. it works i like it it's, it sticks out you know you, rem- you know, remember it's latin for voice, so it, it right. works on many levels that's cool that's cool and you have over seventy thousand instagram followers that's pretty impressive how does that happen? How, how, tell you how what, does that happen? I can't, I'm, I, I, I'm like tired of like trying well, to get people and I'm just like, yeah, uh, it's good well, enough. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's not as, as exciting as it sounds because my TikTok doesn't have any following. My Facebook has like a quarter of the following. Right. My Twitter, I can't, I didn't have a thousand followers on Twitter. Like, and I'm like, yeah. that's where I'm doing my best stuff. Right. But, it's uh, almost it's like, just, you, it is what it is. it's like you pick one and like either, either you're obviously your celebrity and all of them are like millions of followers or like you have one that's like succeeding right. more than the other or whatever. Yeah. I still don't have the blue check, but that's okay. <laughs> See, that doesn't no, make I just, sense to know, me. My journeys have, have taken me down this very surreal, interesting entertainment road where I'm friends with certain musicians and certain actors. And mm-hmm. uh, I have a huge like pro wrestling following because of the, I'm friends with some pro wrestlers. And so that becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, about five years ago, just a couple of things that I posted in videos that I did just blew up. And right. so, you know, they go viral and, and then it just, people start following and then I just started having all these followers and it's right. great, you know, but, um, you know, but again, it's, it's superficial. I mean, for everything I post for my 70,000 followers, I might get 200, 300, right. Right. You know, of comments. Likes, you know, like, okay. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't, no. I don't value it or gauge it on anything like that. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 one of those things where people. I know people that like lose sleep over it. They're like, "Well, I gotta get you know the blue check or this many followers," and it's like, "Do you really? Do you?" <laughs> well, i i use the I use the seventy thousand uh, usually like uh, when I'm pitching like a comedy club, like, "Hey, you yeah. want to bring me out?" Well, like, that's hey, what, I yeah. this follow. Like, that's it. I well, mean, because as, as a yeah, as a booker, that was that's something that's kind of what they're booking a lot of people off of now. It's like, well, if you have uh, you know this many followers, then it's like, oh, um, yeah, then maybe we'll book you because people will show up or something like that, you know. Um, which yeah. is, yeah, it's like, you know, these clubs are booking like TikTokers and all this shit that you know don't do comedy really, but all of a sudden they have like a an hour slot on like a Friday night at a club, and it's like, oh yeah. 
and they can fill it. I mean, they can fill it, but like, it's like, it's good. No, it's like, I've, I've worked some shows where I've seen like it packed because of an Instagram following or a TikTok or a podcast or whatever. And they've never performed live. And they're like, yeah, we're trying it out. And it's like, wow. All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I'm currently on tour with WWE legend Al Snow, who is doing his, you know, first foray into comedy. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, you know, he, he's 40 years of being on television. He's not uh, afraid to get up and, and talk in front of an audience. But he's passionate about comedy. And that's right. what the run very similar very similar to the michelle michelle situation i saw something deeper than just the on the surface stuff like there's a bunch of wrestlers who are going out on the comedy club scene and they're just telling road stories which is fine and fun but al is passionate about comedy like he writes jokes if you follow any of his social media he's dropping probably five ten jokes a day Mm -hmm. um and that's just how passionate he is and so uh we just had our first weekend last weekend and you know, we had a set plan of, okay, we'll do a little bit of stand up, a little bit of, you know, improv, a little bit of road stories. Dude got up and he did probably a good 45 minutes straight of stand up material. Right. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah. Well, that's, so, I mean, that's, it's, that's, it's, yeah, no, it, wor- it can great. work. It can work if it's well crafted and, you know, you, you, you are a natural performer in a way or whatever. It's like, there's, there's so many, I, I like to think that there's so many different, you know, avenues and venues for comedy now more than ever because you do have, you know, your traditional stand up where obviously they're, you know, honing their half hour, hour. And then there's also like storytellers. Then there's also improvisers. Now there's like podcasters that are doing shows that are, you know, in comedy, but maybe not necessarily stand up, but like they've dabbled in it or whatever, and they could do a show or, you know, there's all kinds of things you can do. It's all entertainment. Yeah. If we can all accept that, then I think everybody will be a lot nicer to each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of being nicer to people, this is the uh, the I'm a Basshole show. So uh, this is where our guests do come on and they, they, they talk about a time in their life that they may have been an a-hole. Um, it can be uh, an isolated incident. It can be maybe a chunk of time in your life. Maybe you're one right now and you're proud of it. You wear it with a badge. Um, anything along those lines. Do you have a story that you'd like to share with the uh, the audience today? Well, I mean, I have many stories, but I definitely I'll share one. And it, it's more of an unintentional asshole. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm an accidental asshole, if that makes sense. That's good. That's an accidental um, asshole. I like that. Accidental asshole. Yeah, that's probably going to be my next comedy album. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so here's the story. So a few years back, we were going to go see uh, the police, staying reunited with the police. Nice. And they were going to do a tour. And uh, I had never gotten to see them as a group. I love Big Sting fan, Big Police fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and being a Chicagoan, he uh, he was perform- They were performing at Wrigley Field, where the where the Cubs play. Right. Um, I am a white I am a White Sox fan. Uh, so there is you know uh, civil war between us here. <laughs> but uh, so I promptly put on my White Sox jersey. I figured if I have to go to Wrigley Field, I'm gonna wear my White Sox jersey. Oh just because yeah um but that that was me intentionally being an asshole but or a basshole but uh the accidental situation was we were getting on the we were gonna go take the l the cta mm-hmm. and um well those are two different things but the the train and uh, we went to the station and as we were walking into the station i saw um 
I thought he was a homeless person, but he was uh, clearly blind and he was sitting um, like on the ground out in front of the, the station. And he's just chilling there, whatever. And, and I'm thinking, okay, you know, it's a homeless guy. He's, you know, he's probably playing blind or whatever to, you know, get sympathy or whatever, you know, because that was, you know, I'm an asshole. And uh, I went inside, not thinking much about it. And then I see this woman, Mary. I know her name because I talked to her. And she is also blind. Mm-hmm. And she is calling the name John out. John, John. And uh, I was like, what What the heck is going on? So I approached her thinking I'll be a, you know, a superhero. And I said, excuse me, ma'am, uh, can I help you? And she said, I'm supposed to meet my friend John here. And uh, he's also blind. Hmm. I said, okay. You know, thinking, okay, this is, you know, two blind people trying to find each other and literally in a crowded public space. I mean, so that's, it was a blind date. Right, right. It was a That's blind a day. Horrible joke. Uh, so I wish I would have thought of that. So um, it's okay. It's your show. So then, um, so, we got another. We got another so dad we, jokes on this show for someone who's not a dad. <laughs> so I, uh, I said, don't worry. I'll, I'll find him. I think I know where he's at. So I went back out in front and I went back to the what I thought was a homeless man, and uh, I said, excuse me, is your name John? And he says, yes. I said, oh, um, you were you were trying to meet Mary here? And he said, yes. I said, well, Mary's inside. She's been looking for you. <laughs> and he just sighed, like, really, dude? Uh, and I realized that was probably the dumbest, most asshole thing I could say to a blind guy. <laughs> just a poor choice hey, of words. I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah it was I mean, bad. it was it, bad. I mean, but it's the kind of, it's the kind of thing that like, you know, I mean, I think in general, we we would say that, you know, every day it's just natural to say, yeah, someone's looking for you. Someone's looking, you know, and it's like, you know, well, we would because we can see. Yeah, but it's, yeah, yes. (laughs) But it's also, it's also like a a phrase that people that, you know, everyday people use, I would say, you know, but like, yeah, it's like, you're not, how often do you run into a blind couple or person that you know you have to think about what you're saying and then remember oh they're blind so i they would imagine look. they run into things a lot but yeah that, that's true yeah <laughs> so what what would you have said like searching you can't even is that bad too mary searching i, for I you. mean uh, i i should have just stayed with she's been waiting for you inside, she's waiting but, been waiting for you maybe yeah, yeah. but yeah but She's looking for you. She's she been, couldn't see you anywhere. She's been using her cane to see if you're there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Echo location. Yeah. It's like, how do you, uh, yeah, it's like, well, you know, it's, it, 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 that's hard. I mean, I, yeah, it's kind of an asshole thing, but it's, it's not your norm. I would say, you know, because you're not, yeah. you're not in these people's lives every day where you have to be, you know, aware of, you know, I have a blind friend or a blind roommate or, you know, my, my spouse is blind, so I'm not going to say certain things or whatever. You know, it's like it's not part of your world, everyday world. Yeah, like I said, accidental asshole. Accidental asshole. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Yeah, and uh, and then this, and this guy John was just like, you know, rolling his eyes. We shouldn't talk about. Yeah, that I mean, anymore. which is <laughs> which is you know unfortunate because nobody could appreciate it um in fact his eyes were rolling i think before but he yeah. had glasses on so I don't yeah know. yeah you can't tell um yeah. we're just devolving terribly but yeah, uh, we're, we're really yeah we're I mean, really was, digging the asshole hole right now like because it's just like you know 
Like if this if this was a deaf couple, yeah, it was, it if this was, was a, a deaf couple, and you said like, yeah, can you hear me or whatever? It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, mean, sorry, they obviously my, weren't my going Amazon to see the police echo just there. went off for some reason and said something to me. I don't even know what it said, but I was like, who the hell's in my house? <laughs> um, Do you have your Amazon set up for like the red alert thing? I don't even know. What is the red alert? What is that? Oh my gosh. You've got to YouTube it. It's awesome. I did it to mine. You say like uh, Alexa red alert. I don't want to say it too loud because it'll blow. I have, I have um, smart lights. Oh yeah. I have so like, I, yeah. yeah, the Wi-Fi lights. So my house, the lights turn all red and oh. it blasts um, Miserloo from Pulp Fiction. And oh, it's like, cool. you know, like intruder alert. It's funny. It's just, I do have them set up. Are... I have them set up for like, I think if I say like Alexa movie time or something like that, like the lights turn blue and then like, um, like some kind of cinematic score comes on because I have like a projector or whatever. So then I got like pull down the screen or something like that. Like, this is when I was That's like, fun. I have time yeah. to like, yeah, pimp out my apartment, but. Then, like, I would say that's what I did during the pandemic. Yeah, I would say I'm really bad using Alexa. Like, I'm gonna say quietly, but yeah, I'm really bad at like I forget I have it, you know. And it's like, I'm like, yeah, I'll turn on the lights yeah. normally by myself, or I'll be like, I'll look up the temperature, or I know some people like that's all they use is this thing, and it's like Alexa, this Alexa, that. and I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm luck- if I use it once to. a week, I'm like, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll ask, uh, I'll ask it to turn lights on and off. Uh, and I'll, sometimes I'll ask it about the weather, like mm-hmm. what's the weather right now, or what's it going to be tomorrow? I try to use a lot, try to utilize it for what I'm paying for. Right. But, uh, the, yeah, like, oh, and then the other thing is if I get an Amazon package, it does the, but yeah, other than that, it just scares the shit out of me. I just think I'm I'm old because it's like I'm like I'm like, man, if if I you know, if you grew up with it, you're 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 normal, like it's like, oh, I need to talk to this thing to find out this and find out that and schedule this or whatever. But like, I don't know, this thing's only been around for like what, five years or something like that? Like Yeah, I'm a I'm an eighties kid, so it's same like here. Uh, so, this so, the robots are coming for us. I'm or like I, as know? much as like I wanted these things to be around when I was like a teen, I'm like now they're here and I'm like, eh, it's just easier for me to type it in and look it up or Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Electric cars and everything yeah. automated. I'm terrified. I'm yeah. Terrified. It's like when all this stuff does arrive, it's gonna be like, eh, you know, I think I'd rather just watch the movie that had it in it. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So I keep trying to tell my kids who are like, oh, what are you afraid of? I'm like, we saw the movies. Yeah. We know what it doesn't end well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Freaking Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, accidental asshole. That's a good story. That's a good story. Do you have Do you have any other another one, a quick one or anything like that that you want to do? Um, I have another kind of accidental asshole thing. It's more of a foot and mouth thing, but it's definitely embarrassing. Um. I grew up in Tinley Park, Illinois, which is also where uh, wrestling. There goes my dog, ruining the the podcast as normal every week. Every week, she ruins the podcast. Wink when the dogs bark. I, I, I literally. Hey, Penny, Penny, you're gonna make me edit this, and I don't have the time for that. (laughs) Hold on a second. Wow, what a asshole. She really is. She's she's like the number one asshole. Is my dog? Hey, will you go? I'm gonna put you in your crate if you don't do that. All right. See, I forgot to put them away. That's the, that's the one thing I usually do. 
I just was saying, like, as long as I'm doing this podcast, there's going to be a damn dog barking on it every time. <laughs> yeah. So my, no, I got dogs too when I do podcasts. Oh my god! Thing. Do you edit them out or you just leave it in? It depends uh, if 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 the organic flow of conversation works with them. Like like right now, I don't think there's any problem with it. No, so I'm 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 going to leave it in. Like it's it's kind of like if I usually I will put her in the other room, but I forgot to do it today. But like. There's oh like the one one podcast I did they they were all quiet it was like at night so they were kind of tired or whatever but like yeah it's like it's like literally every time like if I have people over here in the studio that kind of thing it's like they all start going nuts and I'm just like all right people just have to accept it looks like a studio but you know I got dogs here and I'm a dog walker so as long as I, there ain't nothing wrong there's with nothing that. wrong with ain't it but it makes it more uh, you know human I would say just to have a you know bullshit going on in the background humane humane society (laughs) all right sorry go back to what you're saying that's fine you got to play sarah mclaughlin underneath it yes um okay so yeah so when i was a kid i grew up in uh timley park crestwood oak forest south suburbs of chicago and uh one of our one of our buddies we were all into professional wrestling we loved wwf back then and we would watch SummerSlam, and we'd all go out in the backyard and and trying to beat the shit out of each other. And in another life, I would have been a wrestler, but it just hurt too much. And I wasn't into it. And maybe you can still do it. Maybe you could be like uh, uh, Andy Kaufman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe, I mean, I've, I've definitely done some stuff in the ring, but that's a whole nother conversation. But, um, but one of the guys that I used to pretend wrestle with was Phil Brooks, who famously became known as CM Punk. You may or may not have heard of him. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yes. Okay. Well, WWE, AEW, UFC, he, he, he's very loud mouth and outspoken. Got it. He's an asshole. You should he's an him asshole. On show. <laughs> but, um, but we grew up and we were, you know, would, uh, we, we, we would wrestle in the backyard of his house. Um, yeah. And he, and we, we weren't like friends, friends. We were just acquaintances or whatever. It was right. like, it was like 10 of us who would do this every weekend. And so, um, Life went on. I got out of touch with him. He obviously blew up and became this huge, famous wrestling champion. And um, he was at a Comic-Con that I was at. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just happenstance, I was at a booth next to his. So I walked up to him and I said, and the different in my head, but I said, hey, you may or may not remember me, but we used to fool around in your backyard. And he just looked at me and he goes, what the fuck did you just say to me? And <laughs> yeah, I was you like, really yeah, have, you really yeah, have I, poor choice of words sometimes. With some I people, do. Right? I was like, I definitely, I said that definitely could have been said different. It's like, yeah, you could have definitely said that better. Um, it was a good sport. You know, he was fine, but it was, it was one of those things where I was like, yeah, I'm i uh, I'm the accidental asshole. I'm almost you living are. like a Larry David life. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love Larry David. I mean, that's like yeah. me. Every day I walk outside, someone. The thing about Larry is he gets angry. He gets angry. I get a little little angry. I'm a little bit more like him, but yeah, like uh, this is like uh, yeah, accidental foot and mouth is a is a yeah. yeah. Maybe you have the foot and mouth uh, syndrome or something if that exists. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, foot mouth asshole. Yeah, foot mouth foot mouth mouth, asshole disease. Foot in mouth (laughs) disease. Um, Yeah, that's that's the. I mean. I, I mean, yeah, like that's almost like something, um, you know, like we say, yeah, I always used to fool around. It's like, oh, wait, what? Like, you know, like 
as an adult, we, I feel like like an 80 year old person would, would think fooling around means, yeah, like, oh, you guys are playing around, you know, but yeah, like, we're just goofing off. yeah, goofing off, fooling around, you know, probably should have just said in the yard, backyard wrestling. in the yard, maybe, <laughs> maybe is what makes it sound a little bit more inappropriate or, so, or, or weird in your, backyard. In, your, in your backyard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Needless to say, it's it's definitely a part of my routine. So right, well, that's pretty. See, there you go. So you get a good material out of it. Get a good bit. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. funny though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like I've definitely said stuff. I think at times where it's like oh, I shouldn't have said that, you know. But you know, sometimes it just comes out, and then and especially when you're doing comedy or podcasting or whatever, it's like you're talking. You're talking nonstop. So, um, well, when I was in high school, I was constantly bullied and picked on, and you know, got got into fights and whatever, and. I, you know, these guys would just, you know, start punching me and punching me and would say things like, you know, shut up, you know, just say one more thing. And, and it's like, I wanted to do that, but something brilliant would just pop into my head and I had to say it. It was such sarcasm and yeah. I was constantly destroyed because I would just say, because these are like, you know, 14 year old kids, 15 year old oh, kids. Yeah. They don't know how to handle somebody who just cuts them to the quick no, verbally. No. So they yeah. just punch you. <laughs> it's like okay, verbal, yeah, but verbal I, I joke still is, is yeah, <laughs> it's quicker than a punch sometimes. The the heart or the yeah. gut, oh soul, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've had that problem my whole life. Well, that's yeah. I mean, that's a good problem to have, I think, because like you're just you're quick witted, and that's a good skill. You know, a lot of people don't have it. So um, yes, but yes. um, all right. So those are good some some good asshole stories. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, like you foot foot in the mouth yeah. kind of asshole, accidental asshole. Um, nothing too, Excellent. nothing too extreme, you know, it's, a, it's a, it's a, it's a hiccup kind of thing, but you know, yeah, it's, it's an embarrassing moment that you recover yeah. from quickly. I mean, for the most part, yeah, for the most part, I'm not an asshole. Like I, I, I want most people to be a good aren't, person. Most right? people are not like, you know, like, and it's like when I ask people to come on the show, they're like, well, I can't be on that show. I'm not an asshole. You know, I'm like, I'm not saying you are an asshole. It's just like it's something you may have done that was out of misjudgment. Like, yeah, like saying something or doing something like, you know, it's, it's, it's part of life. It's part of learning and becoming who you are, who you don't want to be anymore. You know, it's almost like that's, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's life's journey. You're bound to be an asshole. You're not, you're not a normal person if you haven't been one at some point. Yeah, that's true. I mean, if anything, assholeism is really just, Choosing yourself before anybody else at yeah. an opportunity. But then there's people Which, that, that are like true assholes, you know, and it's like, like, like you know, I think I, I interviewed like some criminals at one point, and I was like, these people are real assholes. Like, <laughs> you know? well, yeah, sure. It's like, you know. Um, so you also, you also do a podcast. Is that true? I do. Um, I started back in 2009. Oh wow. I, uh, that was like that was like the birth and, the birth of podcasting almost. Yeah, right? it was like me and Mark Marin. Uh yeah. <laughs> and uh, we um I I got a couple of friends we started doing a podcast about a TV series called Flash Forward on ABC. It was mm. kind of like supposed to be this next big sci-fi drama after Lost was going to be over. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so um cuz everybody loved Lost. I mean, I enjoyed that show until the end, but you know, whatever. So we thought, okay, well, I want to do a podcast about this new show that's coming. And so I got my friends and we started producing it. And mm -hmm. 
it started getting tons of downloads and the creators of the show were listening to it. And so they were reaching out to us and saying, you know, let's get interviews. And we, they got us interviews with the stars of the show and a bunch of crazy stuff. So it was a lot of fun. So we, we had this huge following and then, and then ABC canceled that show after one season. So then it became this thing where I had bought this website domain and I had all these listeners and it was like, well, what do I do? So I was like, okay, well, I'll try another show. So then I went to an NBC show called the event same experience. NBC was sending me the lead actors. It was starring Jason Ritter, Jason, John Ritter's son, Jason right. uh, and I. We did a couple of podcasts together, and it was a lot of fun. And um, so I was like, wow, this is great. Like, this has really taken off. And then NBC canceled that show after one season. So it started getting to a point where um, people were starting to email me asking me not to do podcasts about certain shows because they were afraid I was the kiss of death. Oh, wow. So, wow, that's interesting. So I, yeah. Yeah, so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a bunch of my podcaster friends, and let's do an entire network. Mm -hmm. And so I created the DVMPE, which was uh, the David Vox Mullen Podcast Empire. Nice. Uh, We had about 15 to 20 podcasts that next TV season, and we did a bunch of TV shows. And I don't think – out of all of those, I don't think like maybe two of them got canceled. So we started doing these huge podcasts every week. And um, and then we started having competition with groups like After Buzz mm-hmm. and, and all these other uh, uh, Maria Menudo's. Right, uh, was nobody until uh, until she started competing with me. But um, but she was in L.A. I was in Chicago, so it was easier for her to get you know people in a studio. Right, and uh, I'm not bitter, but uh, but it was <laughs> it, it just turned into this huge monster thing. And so then I started getting more and more people who were reaching out going, hey, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. And and so finally it got to a point where I turned it into what is now the DVMPE, which is the David Vox Mullen Production Empire. Mm. And we produce and distribute over 150 different podcasts currently nice. um, all over the world. And it has we've gotten over 10 million uh, you know, downloads and and a lot of subscribers and it's just been a wonderful thing. And so it turned off into this, you know, very small, but slightly profitable business. Right. Uh, which I'm very proud of. I mean, I, I yeah, literally for sure. no, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Getting in on the ground running with anything like yeah. that is, 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 is always, you know, fascinating to me. Um, yeah. cause now everyone has a podcast and, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if the, the market is oversaturated yet. I mean, it's still young, but it's like, it, I would argue that it is oversaturated like anything, mm-hmm. but, but at the same time, it's still, the cream is always going to rise to the top. You yeah. know, it, you can have a million podcasts and, you know, 2% of them are the ones that people, everybody listens to. Right. So, you know, as long as you're good and entertaining and talented, you got to find your niche audience. And once you've done that, just serve that audience. And I mean, look at Joe Rogan. I mean, I know, my yeah. God. Yeah. Finds his audience, serves his audience, and got a huge payday for that. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, hey, good. Yeah, and it's whether like, you agree with them or disagree with them, it doesn't matter. Doesn't I mean, matter. Really doesn't matter. It's it's entertainment, and it's like you yeah, know, yeah, it's like people back. people want to tune in and like listen and watch or whatever. And it's you know, and now obviously a lot of celebrities are doing them, so it's become you know yeah. another job for them to make quick money on and. You know, it's like, all right. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, you can definitely tell the difference between people who are doing it for the money and people who are doing it because they're passionate about connecting with an audience. Right. And I think the ones who connect with the audience, those are the ones that seem to do better. I mean, I'm a big Mark Maron fan. I've loved his show since the beginning. And uh, he's just a crotchety old man who talks to people, which I love. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's his own person, and you know it's it's always entertaining to listen to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, de- depending on what your niche is, you can find something which is great, and uh, they're fun to do. You know, if anything, you know, even if you don't make money from them. So, yeah, yeah, for, for sure. sure. Um, all right. Well, this has been super fun. Is there anything else you want to pitch uh, that you got coming up? Uh, any shows? Anything like that? I mean, uh, I'm on I'm on the road right now with with Al Snow doing comedy. So if you like comedy and you like wrestling, and if you like Al and you want to see Al do comedy when and me, you know, fool around with him, <laughs> then <laughs> that's then, the uh, that's the late the late show. Be, we'll have uh, the fooling around. Right, guess, right. right yeah. We'll be we'll be in your city. We're going to be in Memphis. We're going to be in Ohio. We're going to be in uh, the Hard Rock Cafe in Pittsburgh. We're going to be, I mean, just all over. So uh, davidvoxmullen.com, you can click on my uh, my album there, and it takes you to my links with all my stuff. And the tour is there, and my merch is there, and all nice. my stuff is there. Very cool. Follow right. me. Follow, follow yes. me on Twitter. Follow <laughs> David Vox Mullen on Twitter, not Instagram. Well, follow both, but he's got he's got his Instagram taken I'm care everywhere. of for the time being, I think. Give, some, give his Twitter a little love and his Facebook and YouTube or whatever else. TikTok uh, and everything TikTok, else. TikTok, yeah. yeah. I, I'm horrible at the TikTok. I got to get better at that. But uh, I love it. I I mean, I came from, uh, before TikTok, the precursor to TikTok was uh, Vine. Yeah, I, I dabble with Vine when that was around. Yeah. A lot of people didn't understand it. It was awesome for somebody like me. I do a lot of impressions. Oh, yeah, you so, do do impressions. What's an impression? Do a quick impression. What's, what's, what, what's your best impression? Well, quite frankly, a lot of people love Trump, okay? A lot of people. He's not making people happy right now. I don't know why. A lot of people have a lot of things to say, okay? So many people. Trump. And he's tremendous, really. He's a great impression. I love doing it. I'm probably the best at doing it, him. Uh, anybody else does it. It's not as good, okay? Uh, probably my most high-paying impression. Uh, yeah, no, seriously. Nice. I, I got paid a ton of money to do Donald Trump for like 20 minutes. And like a, sh- a live show? Thing. Yeah. Oh my God. It was great. It was oh, that's great. awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of comedians, uh, I think secretly want him to come back and be president just because their impressions were so popular. I am not a fan <laughs> of Donald Trump, but no. I am a fan of, of him running again. <laughs> there was, yeah, you see, that's the, yeah, at least, at least let him run again because then everyone's impression, a lot of people do the Trump impression. That's a, that's a very good Trump impression. A lot of people well, do. Well, I was doing it. I mean, there was before, there's probably maybe like yeah. five to ten people worldwide who was doing Trump to the degree that I was doing it. And yeah. then uh, every, naturally, once no, you every, become president. Everyone I mean, does everyone. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, it's definitely a good go to, uh, you know, impression to have in your back pocket. I would say uh, super fun. Impressions are always fun. I love I love. Oh, I love them. I, I love, love them. dabbling. You, 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 you got to salt and pepper them, though. If it's all impressions, there's no. It, it's dead. Well, either that, you or know, you're like, just you're labeling yourself as an impressionist, and that's your thing, you know. Yeah, exactly. I'm Which not Rich fine. Little. No. I love Rich Little. But yeah. I'm not Rich Little. There's a lot of people that are just I'm doing impressions, though. impressions, and it's like it's like yeah, they're great, you know, you know, for like an SNL kind of thing, or you know, yeah. a 30 minute show. I literally, I have like maybe like five minutes of my stand up I do impressions and mm. then I, I get away from it because yeah. I don't want to be pigeonholed. No. Because I've I, seen people get pigeonholed with that. Yeah, I, I have like two impressions I can do and like I still don't know exactly how to incorporate them into my stand up act because it's like Well what are they? I gotta hear them though. <laughs> I do I do Nicolas Cage. Um so pretty much it'll just be like 
Yeah, well, I'm on this podcast, and um, I'm not sure what to do besides maybe curse, like fuck. <laughs> so that's like my Nicolas Cage. That's um, a good one. That's a really good, good one. It's a good one. I don't, you know, but but here's the thing: I've, I was doing Nicolas Cage since high, since college, pretty much, and then like you know, and then he became this like you know joke meme of himself, and then everyone kind of started yeah. dabbling and doing impressions of him. So now, like. You know, Isn't like, that the thing? It's a thing. I it's mean, like I, I, I have in, tapes for me doing him back in like you know two thousand or whatever, and it's like yeah. When I was in high school, I was doing Christopher Walken before oh, anybody. Yeah. That's was, that's I another swear to God, oversaggerated impression of Walken. Anybody was doing it. I yeah. won't do him anymore because too many people do him. Too many people do. Him. I, I I can't say how many comedians. Like I've gone to so many comedy shows and stuff. I, I I always see someone doing Christopher Walken, and I'm just like. All right. Yes, it's good. You can do them, you know, but do it at a party. I don't I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, why is this still? Why is this still like I remember watching like Jay Moore do them back in the day and stuff. And I was just like, I was like, yeah, like I'm like every 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 comedian does Christopher Walken now. I feel like, yeah, everybody figured out the the tonality and the pitch and the and the timbre and the rhythm of his voice. And so now everybody does it. Yeah, but I'm surprised it still works almost because it's like I mean, I guess I guess the general audience may not see it as often. But as a comic, I'm always like, oh, another Christopher Walken impersonator. Okay, you know, yeah, Yeah. that's how I feel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, all right. And then uh, the other one I've done is uh, uh, like John Lovitz. I'll do like a John Lovitz impression and be like, hello, I'm John Lovitz. This stinks. That's freaking spot on. So those are like, those are the two. And then I've dabbled with some others, but they need some work. I need to, I need to practice them if I'm I'm really going to put them out there. I love it. But I I don't know how, yeah, I haven't figured out how to do them in my stand up yet. Like, cause it's like, just do, just go on TikTok and just do, you know, 15 second video clips of you doing impressions. You'll yeah. have, you'll get more views. Yeah. I should do that. It's a, that that's a good, I would follow you. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. That's a good piece of advice. Maybe I will, uh, I, I should do my Nick cage. I should bring him back and do that. Cause I used to that's do like, good, I used I've to heard do, like, people spoof. do Nick cage. And I mean, I even tried. I don't think I'm as good as you. Like I did no, Nick cage last yeah, year. Yeah, I did I some, I did do some like TikTok things. I did like, um, masterclass, like, you know, those masterclass things you could sign up for. I was like, yeah. at one point, I was like, everyone has a master class now. All of a sudden, like every fucking celebrity or whatever. So I was like, yeah, there should be like, yeah, Nicolas Cage does a master class. Donald Trump does, you know, it's like I was like having like friends do impressions of like. So I did like the Nick Cage one. It was like how to invest or how to lose all your money or something like that. You know, take my master class, and it was just like simple. Yeah, so like I, I need to start doing more of that stuff. But yes, it's like I want you to do it. I, I'm I gonna really do it. Want I'm gonna to take your advice and, and do a TikTok. I'll do a TikTok. I'll do one TikTok out of Nick Cage. Yes. Um, but yeah, I got to figure out, I got to figure out the stand up set, how to do it. in cause like, you know, you know, what's interesting. Like sometimes you try that, like, you know, I live in LA. So you try like an impression like that in LA show and people are like, oh, who gives a shit? But then you go on the road and do it and people are like, oh, this is great. They love it. You know, like it's, it's, a, it's Chicago a- is, it's the same thing. Chicago is very similar to LA. Um, LA is definitely a different animal, but, but in Chicagoland, we've just, we see so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so you really have to kind of punch through the noise to really grab people in the city. Right. Outside of the city, I'll, I'll do. Oh, there's my dogs barking. Though. Yeah, right. Uh, outside of the city, you know, stuff that doesn't work in the city kills. Yeah. On the road. Oh yeah. But um, but yeah yeah. And this, yeah. I mean, but that's good though. I mean, that's good for you. It's good for me. We're both in in super high intense markets where yeah, it forces us to be funnier than 
it forces you to th think out of the box something different you know yeah. get people to the yeah. shows and enjoy themselves and Try new things, you know, write new stuff, keep exploring. Or just be like Louis C.K. and whip your dick out. Yeah, Whatever that's, the, that's that's the last resort option, I think. That's, that's yeah, before you leave L.A. or New York, Chicago, you just, you know, just start <laughs> masturbating in front of everyone. Uh, <laughs> and it won't work for us, unfortunately. Um, all right, well, this has been super fun. Uh, David Vox Mullen, uh, thanks for uh, joining us on the I'm a Basshole podcast. Um, I'm sure that we'll, I mean, I know we're working together on this divorce diaries, uh, project and I'm, I'm sure we'll meet each other at some point. I don't know when, but, um, you know, I'm sure down, yeah, down I mean, the pipeline. Well, when we go into production, I'm sure we'll yeah. see you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. D during production. But, um, um, and then if I get out to yeah, Chicago, I will definitely hit you up because, uh, it's oh, been, it's please. probably been two yeah. years since I've been there and I definitely want to go back at some point and. It's a it's a it's a great city, but do it before it gets winter time. Oh, it I've, sucks been, here. I've been there twice in the winter and then once in the summer. Ooh. So yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I, I went. Yeah, autumn is actually one of my favorite seasons in Chicago. It's beautiful. I kind of like. And, I don't mind going. See, I didn't mind going to Chicago in the winter because I knew I was coming back to L.A. So yeah, I was like, well, I was like, true. it's almost like I, I'm always like stuck here in L.A. And it's like I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go somewhere wintry like for like four days, you know, because it's like a treat almost. It's like oh, snowland. Okay. <laughs> How bad is it in L.A. right now? Is it like three million dollars for like a closet? Um, for, for, for as far as rent, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it went down a little bit during during pandemic, but now it's back up. I'd say like there was probably a good eight to 10 months where like if you move during that time you could get a good deal and i actually i actually moved and i got a good deal in, in a good neighborhood so like i was took advantage of that but um yeah i would say it's back to kind of you know if you want a studio it's just, expensive you know i just hate chicago weather i just i have a single family yeah. home outside of chicago it's you know it's a lovely home but um you know like four bedrooms uh but in la i might get a loft <laughs> i mean it's yeah. it's oh, yeah. awful it's it's i mean you either that or, or you have to move you really have to move outside of you know la uh you know proper you know it's like you get a yeah. an hour outside of the city and then drive in you know and uh, yeah i just want to get away from chicago winters i hate them i'm looking at maybe florida florida is smart move my uh my parents live in new jersey half the year and they they live in, in florida the other half of the year so snowbirds yeah birds, we yeah. were thinking of doing that they live in naples florida um and I usually go there Ooh. at least once a year. It's it's a uh, it's lovely. A lot of older people and golf and you know whatever whatever floats your boat. But, 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 but slower than me. But it's all. but 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 there are some great beaches and stuff. And even you know on the, on the other side of Florida, there's some 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 nice spots and stuff like that. You just you just have to ignore the 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 Florida of it, the Floridian. You know, it is interesting. That come, that come I with mean, it, I certainly know? see a heck of a lot of it. Yeah, I think I think if you find your your niche of people there, and like you can have like a, a lovely life living there, you know. But then you just ignore the the trailer trash <laughs> stories that come the craziness that surrounds it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, but it's gonna be anywhere. You we got plenty of that in Illinois too, though. We got it. In, we got it in here in California. It's like you know, it's like it's everywhere. You're not gonna escape it unless you live on some island somewhere with no one around. Um, right. But, you know, or leave the country. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which next stop the bahamas bahamas yeah exactly mexico that's probably yeah if um, america fell i i've said to my wife i said if this country falls apart from civil war or whatever mm -hmm. uh 
I'm I'm going to the Caribbean. I'm done. Yeah, I've thought about like I can easily get to Mexico from here, and it's uh, it's definitely yeah. an option. It's cheaper too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Until then, we'll stick around and we'll do our comedy shows and you know TV pilots and whatever. I'm gonna die, I'm gonna die in Chicago. That's how it is. I'm just yeah. gonna die here. That's all. <laughs> Never get away. Just have your White Sox uh, jersey on. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Go Sox, right? Oh right. yeah, go sucks. Yeah. Um, all right, cool. Well, David, uh, thanks for being on the show. Um, you can catch David on me. tour. Uh, follow him on all the social media platforms. Oh, there's only one way we usually end this show, and it's um, by saying, uh, actually, actually, also, do you do you have anyone you want to nominate to be on the show that you think maybe may have been a, a basshole at some point? Um, well, there is a, uh, if you're interested in talking to somebody in the professional wrestling industry, mm. uh, I can, I can, uh, recommend and nominate Ken Anderson from WWE and TNA and Ken Anderson. Uh, he is famously an asshole. Perfect. That is, that is his gimmick and, <laughs> and pseudo trademark. So I'll, I'll call him up and see if he wants to be an asshole on your show. Perfect. We'd love to have him. If he's uh, if he's an asshole and he's got a good story and he's, he's game for it with a sense of humor, he's always welcome. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah all right. He, awesome. He could, he's got him. Perfect. <laughs> um, perfect. So, yeah, we'll, we'll reach out to him. Um, and then, yeah, the only way we, we end the show is just by, you know, stay, saying your name and saying that you, you are a asshole. Well, I am David Vox Mullen, and I am uh, proud to admit that I am a basshole. There you go, folks. David Vox Mullen. He's a basshole, but he came on the show and redeemed himself, so he can now go live his life asshole-free, if that's an expression. Um, Free my asshole. There you go. There you go. All right, David, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, follow the podcast on uh, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast fix. Uh, go to the website, BassholeShow.com. Instagram is at BassholeShow or at BassholePodcast. Follow all those things. Um, and uh, remember, folks, don't be a basshole. But if you are, laugh about it. Ciao. You've been listening to I'm a Basshole with Doug Bass. Follow us on Instagram at BassholeShow. Think you deserve to be on the show? Email us at contact at BassholeShow.com and visit our website at www.BassholeShow.com and get the latest information. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast fix and don't miss the full videos on YouTube. Remember, don't be a basshole, but if you are, laugh about it. We'll see you next time.